Hi, and welcome to this week's Rugby Bits podcast. I'm uh, taking the helm today, um, as Tyler unfortunately can't make it, he's stuck at work. But um, I do have Cooks with me. Jared is still away on holiday. I believe he's flying back, uh, flying back this evening. So, so the the what is it? The the narrative of 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 Cooks and Jared's off off air banter is still still flowing until they're back together. But Cooks, mate, how are you doing, bro, man? I saw you're playing a little bit of uh, a little bit of Red Bull this weekend. Yeah, sure, no, yeah, all good. Um... Yeah, so like this is my last week on the pod because Jared gets back next week. I mean, <laughs> when you send the when you send the message of who's available, I saw Jared saying, "Hey guys, can't make today. It's my last uh, day in South Africa." I was like, "Well, looks like my afternoons has opened up. Well, evenings has opened up." Um, <laughs> but it, but it must have been Jared. it must have been quite tough for you, especially um, especially after Finn lost this weekend. Like it was basically as basically like the perfect storm. Finn loses, yeah, it, but. But 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 Jared's Jared not comes on. back. Oh no, yeah. it's tough. I, I, I will have my say on the on on the on, on the fun loss later. But um, yeah, good weekend. I did play a little bit of cricket. Um, for those who do follow me on Twitter, I did see I did post a, a video of me getting a, a bit of a jaffa and um, playing and missing one. And I, I, I did appreciate all the, the 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 tips of my on my technique and and all. The, and and I was going like, oh no, you, you definitely got out for a duck. I made a good twenty five. Sure, no, twenty five, but. 25 oh. of about 30, 38, 38 balls. Opening after that first ball, that 25 is like half century, man. Yeah, no, I should, I should have cashed in. I got a bit of a howler from the from a, from, from the umpire LBW, so which was which was which was bleak. And then um then I and then I had to, I had to keep wicket as well, so I was a wicket keeper and my back and my legs. I was just gonna say, how's your back? Serious <laughs> amount of pain. I think I did, you have to do about like you have to do so many squats and catching my hands. My right hand is flipping sore from just just both hands, just from catching the ball. Like that impact, which is like it's like a rugby ball. Like when you when you play rugby, it's all about getting contact for it. But your hands normally are fine. But like cricket, it's like you actually got to train your hands into like be able to catch cricket ball again, which is so hard. But um, that was good fun. Cricket was nice. Shit ton of beer was was drank. I mean, I remember I got out, you know, probably about the twelfth over or so, twelfth, thirteenth over, and we bet so- second. And, and I was, and I said to my mates, like, the exciting part about opening the batting and now is that there's nothing else left I would have do now besides run fine. So I'm going to start drinking aggressively now because there's nothing else I'm going to do. Like, my day's done. So there's, there's two things. I mean, everyone was, that beer had to be consumed because half the country wasn't consuming on Saturday night because they were running the comrades the next day. So someone had to balance out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad yeah. that, 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 you, that you took that baton and went with it. No, I did, I did, I did, um, I did have to take on for the team, which is, which is something that I mean. To be fair, like it's, not, it, it's also like, remember last year? I mean, uh, there was a stage in the box. Whenever I watched them all having a beer, they'd win game. So, uh, the okay. box are getting ready for camp. So I'm slowly, also just, just getting myself ready for camp now. But two back to back Saturdays, I've had a few beers. So I'm slowly but surely also getting myself back into camp. I'm going to announce a 40 man beer squad soon, and then sort of just sort of you know get ready to play my way through. The testing because I know it's a, it's, a, it's a big year for me. You know, I can't afford to miss any game. I'm not working. I need to be make sure I'm near a bar having a few cold ones just to make sure the box um win the World Cup. Yeah, massive, massive, and and the box were in in camp this uh, today. It's a second camp. They're actually sporting their new uh, their new gear from Nike because um, for those who missed it, um, uh, Nike have taken over from Asics. 
So that's a nice little fresh start. But but yeah, man, that's that's brilliant. And I tell you, you know, talking about like how your back saw and everything, this for the listeners and those of you that don't know, um, Cooks went on a massive gym rampage to try and do away with burpees. And I tell you, he needed them. You needed them on Saturday, mate. Like yeah, you needed did, that, the, that sort of work. The burpees did come through. Um, <laughs> and the extra gym just gave me the... Uh, give me the little, little extra boosts to make, make me like just get like the 12th, 13th over. Like I must gym today because I'm in serious amount of pain, but I know tomorrow I've got to go flipping. Like I've, I've, tomorrow I've got to go and um, I've, I've got to go and suffer. But I mean, I must gym to go to home affairs. So I actually suffered enough. So, but anyway, how's your weekend, Sean? Oh. Did you start pouring, down, pouring with rain down was, there? Yeah, the only way to put it, it was shitting down with rain. Like it was just all the rain. Um, and um yeah i didn't get any chance to get in the water so no surfing no swimming no nothing and i actually basically just couch yeah couch potatoed my way through the weekend i um watched movies chilled um trying to think what else i did yeah nothing really sounds amazing (laughs) to be fair um yeah that was it just watched a little bit of ruggers but other than that kept an eye on a couple mates um, on the doing comrades on Saturday on Sunday, so um, yeah, and we got an awesome mention from Shobs. He completed it. It was quite remarkable. Seeing those runners do that is crazy. And and my mate Dane also did it. A guy I swim with, he he did it. It's just ridiculous. I mean, imagine imagine running eighty seven point seven kilometers. I don't care if it's downhill. I really don't care. Like for me, it's not the the eighty seven. 87Ks, I was talking because obviously you're watching Mets come in and yeah, shout out Shobs and any of the rugby bits followers who did, um, who did a rugby bits, but um, it was so cool. I had a, had a great converse, a phone call with Shobs on Saturday. I gave him a quick ring and you know, we were talking about the, I was saying to him, like, we saw your message in the World Cup. He did mention like, yeah, this is my World Cup. And I said to him, like, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty much styling now until the, <laughs> until the end of the year, his work is done. But um, yeah, like for me, it's, the 87Ks is one thing, but I'm like, I don't think there's any activity I want to do for 10 hours straight. Like, <laughs> I don't want to play golf for 10 hours straight. I don't want to play, like, rugby for 10 hours straight. And then it's like, like, there's nothing that, like, I don't want to eat for 10 hours straight. There's, there's no singular activity that I would think I want to do. Just, like, if you say to me, oh, 11 hours, someone's like, 11 hours, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, that's, that's, for me, is uh, just the, yes, the, I mean, I know the, the distance is long, but that, fluff my head, mate, I made today, like, he did it yesterday, obviously. You're showing us this picture of him having a blister underneath his big toe. And he was, he was like what? moving his big toe. You can see the blood underneath. I was like, you see, I don't need that in my life. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's a, it's a long slug. It's a long slug, eh? I like, I like the way you've uh, put that nicely in a box. What do you do for 11 hours? Like, I can't even sleep for 11 hours. Even if I try. No, 100%. Like, I get I, 9, 9, 9, 9, 10, yeah. in, but 11, nah. 11, like, you, I just think I feel, like, sluggish. Like, yeah, like, it's like the pod ends, like, we finished the potting now, but, like, 6 up at 6 p.m., and, and, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to see you tomorrow, and I wake up at 6 tomorrow morning. I would, that's, I, I would be, I would, like, wake up at, like, 3 in the morning and not know what to do with myself. But, but you know, we used to, <laughs> we used to watch rugby for, for, for 12 hours straight when Super Rugby was on. Remember, do you remember yeah, those? Um, do you remember those <laughs> Super Rugby Saturdays where it used to like the Kiwi games oh. would kick off early. Then you'd you'd watch like two Kiwi games, 
you'd watch an Oz game or you'd watch one Kiwi and two Oz games. Then there'd be two South African games and then there'd be like six nations at like nine o'clock at night, like Ireland playing France. Yeah. <laughs> the divorce yeah, course, basically. Be, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and also because like, like, sometimes like the nice thing about Saturdays was sometimes you, you get the, obviously the, say the nine o'clock kickoff in the, the, the NZ games and like so 20 to 12 is the, is normally the, the Australia games. And then, then sometimes there's a gap, and then obviously five and seven. But then if there's like if there's like an an outside or, or or New Zealand side on tour, there might be a game that kicks off at two. And then, then there's no gap. Then you then you literally could just go game from game from game from game, and and then you just okay, you're right. I, I have done a couple. Where you sort of go like, all I've done today is watch rugby. Like, and, the, and I, I probably may have missed like twenty minutes max to like go to the shops or say. Like and there's no chicken six sixty then. If there's chicken six sixty no. then, like you'd never have leave your house. Like and Mr. Never, Delivery wasn't even around. Like you, 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 you just have to exactly. hope your your place delivered for you. <laughs> yeah, and like you'd hope, like you, like you, you'd hope, like a, a, a mate is hosting a brother. We can like it's, it's not the mate with the small TV. You're like, I oh, mean, like you can't call us this weekend. Like you, you can't wanna. You must host prize when there's no rugby. Like you can't be like, guys, let's let's watch rugby my house when you ever like. Now we can't watch the game properly. Like, come on, man. Like, we used to have mates again. Like, we used to say to our mates, like, if you know you have a, your, your teams are the biggest, don't call all of us there. Like, just, like, let's just stay at home then. Like, we, we have our parents' TVs. <laughs> butlers. That's what I used to order. Butlers. Butlers delivered. Oof. <laughs> man. Oh, it's amazing. Funny. Okay. Into this week's first phase. Um, of, we we were discussing it a little bit uh, on on Saturday. We we pushed it out on Sunday, but um, John Klein uh, really almost killed that off before it started. Um, the this week's first phase was picking your your World Cup bolters. So not that um, John's already been selected in a World Cup squad, but I mean it was a pretty pretty simple answer for many. But um, yeah, well first up. Um, for some bolters. So, so Jared got straight in, um, in between game drives, he sent us a tweet. Um, and he said for France, Baptiste Serrin must, must get a call in. We, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think there's anyone on the rugby, but pod that, uh, of us that will disagree. Massive fan of him and that injury picked up. I hopefully he shakes it off. To be fair, he has been named in the, in the French squad as a, as an injury squad member. So he's obviously being looked at for England. He picked, George Martin and Val Rapava Ruskin. Now, Val's been picked in the England squad that was announced today. So, I mean, we've been banging on about him being selected and he's missed out the whole year. And then Fluke for, um, he's selected Fluke as well as a, as a, as a random. Rian, Ringo, with an absolute, and I, I just want to say, before I even get into this, Ringo's picked someone that I wholeheartedly agree with. Okay, I don't care if there's about 30 people in front of him, uh, he can add massive value, but he's gone with a, a nine injury crisis and we call Ruan Pinar. We can't go wrong, mate. Cooks, imagine Ruan running out. Im- Firstly, imagine Ruan starting at nine and Alton starting at 10 in a Springbok game in 2023. South Africa will combust. <laughs> and imagine. captain. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse <Jessica> Kula <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> so Africa, that's like that's the that's the, those guys are the those guys are the Twitter. Those are guys that, that shut down Twitter and and, co- and cause combustion. I mean, uh, I think Imagine. one of our 
one of our followers did mention a Jesse Creel thing. We spoke about Baltus as well, that other countries, like, you know, we're about to go through the whole Jesse Creel's him being picked again when you're like, guys, he's, he's fantastic at his job. Like, let's not do this so ourselves good. again. Like, why would you not pick him? He's so good. He's solid, great at 13, good at 14. Like, he's going to do the, he's going to do the job. So anyway, but um, I love Ringo. And also Ringo, I think I've got to, I've got to agree with everything he says after Munich basically roasted in the entire episode last week. So you got to, we, we got, got play by play him from him. Crazy, man. <laughs> got play by play. But um, yeah, I, I would love that. I mean, I think sure now you've, we've both mentioned how much we do love Ron Pinar. So it will definitely be up our alley. And um, yeah, flip, imagine yeah, but like, like, the other day, I was watching like a, a clip of Morning Stand in the 2021 Lions series. I was like, I cannot believe this was playing Springbok rugby in 2021. Like if Ron Pinot would play this year, it's like, I'll be like, I cannot believe I'm watching Ron Pinot play Springbok in 2023. And I, I know people are saying like naming all the other nines that we have, but I don't think that's the worst shout. I don't think that's the worst bolter to have. I mean, what is he? 89, 90 cap Springbok? Still He's playing good rugby. He he is for me the Springbok that should have been a Centurion. He's one of he's up there with the one of the Springboks that should have been a Centurion that wasn't. But imagine him in our current setup with the kicking nine. He'd be world class. It'd be no, he'd be world class. It's funny as Ron Pino, like you said, like he's one of the Springboks that should have been a Centurion. But if you had to ask, let's say, ten Bog fans, and you ask him how many caps he have. Not many people get to think he's at, he's at, I think it's like, I think it's 90 or 91. He's like, isn't that, isn't that late 80s or early 90s, right? Because it does, I remember when I, talk, I thought he played about like 60, 70, but then you, you look back, you're like, man, this guy's actually involved in a lot of games for the Springboks, in a lot of games. But like, yeah, man, I, I would, I love Ringo Shot. You, you can sign me up. And also, I do like this version of Ron Pino, the bald headed, just experienced campaigner, does well, kicks for poles. Great with the boot, can still, still pass is still good. So, I mean, I'm all in for 38 year old Ron, you know, bald head coming in and sort of <laughs> being the bog bolter. I, I agree totally. And, like, I mean, he was, he started at fly half when we beat the Lions. <laughs> like, and he oh, played geez, 15. Yeah. Oh, like, Sean, don't get me started. <laughs> don't, get me, don't get me started on the last, on the last great South African fly off. Do not get me started. <laughs> yes. Yes, he's kicking for polls. Allowed more than to be the story is. I'm still adamant that Ron Pinar could have been the best fluff we've had. Was, that's one thing Peter Villiers, I, I always agree with Peter Villiers. I always thought Ron Pinar was going to be fantastic for us at 10. Fantastic. Man. Just kicking for polls on that one. Then you replace him with a guy. I don't think Mourne Stain missed a kick from 2009 to 2011. So... <laughs> so it was, good. it was going to be hard to take him out the team. Yeah, it was. 88 times capped. Um, interestingly enough, a 90% win record at the World Cup, eh? Yes. That is it. Yeah, all run. But I tell you, you know, I did have a little chuckle because while you were saying is if you ask 10 people to tell you how many caps he had, I was just laughing inside because you know that one of those bright sparks is going to turn around and go, however many caps he's got is too many. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> relatively polarizing but 88 caps man 80, 80 you should, uh, yeah, 
<laughs> you know, someone's going to say, you know, someone's thinking and laughing at that right now while listening to this, thinking that would have been my answer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ruan Pinar, we, I tell you, that man deserved to be a, a test centurion. But we'll move off. I think we've probably lost half of our um, half our listeners on that chat alone because it's really hard to convince people things. I'm just having a little bit of banter. But on Twitter, again, for Bolters, um, MB, um, at MB327, said for France, Demortier. Um, then he's called Aussies, uh, Luke Reimer and Blake Shoup. Um, Ireland, he's called Gavin Coombs and Ryan Baird. I, I must be honest, I think Baird's going. So um, I don't think that'll be too much of a of a bolter, but Coombs would be a massive shot. For England, Ollie Chesham and Ben Earle. For South Africa, he's named Cannon Moody, KLA, Ulrich Lowe, and Manny Lubbock. So out of those, a bolter would probably be, I don't know, we could see all of them going to the World Cup in some way, shape, or form. I know Lowe hasn't been picked. And then for the Kiwis, he's picked Ethan De Groot, Samasoni, and Sean Stevenson. Stevenson's a shot. Stevenson would be a bolter for me because he's been yeah. smashing the door down. So no, hundred percent. He was gonna be he was gonna be my bolter because I um I don't think I don't I don't think I said it on rugby bits, but um, but this is the year the All Blacks have got to free Will Jordan and play and put him in fifteen. It's got to happen now. I think that it's time. Um, and then the whole Moanga Barrett. Either one's going to start at 10 or one's on the bench. And then I've got Taliyama one wing and, and Sean Stevenson. And Sean Stevenson, I know the All Blacks love having one of the wingers being someone who's played 15 as well. And Sean Stevenson has played 15 for the Maori All Blacks and for and for the Chiefs. So I'll, I'll definitely get him in. I think he's been, like you said, banging the door down. Caleb Clark is devastating right now, but I'm, I'm just not convinced, especially I don't think I don't know if the Blues are played together, but I just think for the All Blacks to have those two together, I think it's, I think some of the box will be kicking down their channel all day long. I think that they'll thrive on that, but I, I would throw Sean Stevenson in there. And I just think, yeah, I think the All Blacks have got a free Will Jordan. Put him at 15, put Jordy at 12, get Sean Stevenson in there, get Mark Tillier in there. I think it, that could be, I know in 2019, for example, they made that change of, Playing bad, play, bad bottom, bad fifteen, Moanga ten, shifting the two centers. I think this year that change could have the opposite effect and sort of could actually kickstart their World Cup campaign and sort of that add something a little bit, add something different that that I think that could be something that could catch France, France, I mean France, uh, us and Ireland, something that they can sort of something new that that hasn't been planned for, but. Yeah, Sean Stevenson is definitely my bolter. Uh, as a South African, I would hate to be playing against Stevenson and Talia. And the only thing I could hope for is that they um, just don't work in the system together. <laughs> like, to be completely blunt. <laughs> Imagine the two of them in yeah. the system and working. But I tell you, that left wing, I, I, I honestly feel that Rico Ioani is going to either be going as the third choice center stroke um, back three player because if I know Jordy Barrett didn't have the best game this weekend but if Jordy I think Jordy's going to start more at 12 I think I popped it in the group but I think that he's going to probably play more tests at 12 than he'll play at 15 this year um, and then that either means Anton Leonard Brown and, and Goodhue yeah it's going to be interesting because 
I think if everyone's fit, I think I don't think Rico starts at thirteen. Great on attack, don't get me wrong, but as an all round thirteen, as an all round thirteen, doesn't cut it for me. But is that um, your hope? Is that your hope? Is that your hope? Just holding out for for dear life there, Sean? Because I, I, no, I, I do think is I do, I, I, no, I, I, I do get your ricochet, but I, I just think now, like for example, close to the end of the year, I think he's Rico with those guys sort of established himself as the All Black thirteen. I just think could you and Anton and Leonard Brown just haven't played enough minutes. I, th- I know Anton and Brown sort of strung a few games together, but he's Anton and Brown is always one knock away from another injury. And good you as well. Loves an injury. So I do hope that I mean, do I think that good you especially good you at 13 is a better option than or Ellen Brown? I especially think I, I think good you is the best 30 on all three. I mean, I, I've always been a massive tech good you fan. Love Anton and Brown. I do th- I thought that future center partnership with All Blacks would have been Leonard Brown at 12, Good You at 13. I thought that would be, I mean, I know they started in 2019. I thought that would be the, the partnership for the next four years. And But injuries sort of derailed all of them. But I do think now, I think Rico has sort of stepped in in terms of the pecking order just slightly. He just was, number one, just being available. And I thought he had, uh, after, after the Ireland series last year, I thought he did, he had a, he, he, he had a good run at 13. I thought he was one one of the better All Blacks all year and, and, and that's my biggest thing is with ALB and, and, and good use that just lack of rugby and just constantly being injured I mean I can't remember last time I've seen Jack could you play a test match a full test match of, I mean, and I can't even remember when I think the last time they both had a full test season was probably 2019 the last time they got, they got through an entire test season without any injuries hmm. I, I agree with you like I'm sticking to what I said about um about Rico, but he's, I'll give him his, well, it's not giving him his dues. I mean, he's definitely got better at 13 and he's grown more into it over the last two to three years. And I agree totally with what you're saying in that he's playing well enough now that they're, they're okay with, with keeping him there. Like you're not going to lose that much or gain that much by changing him. The possibly the big thing is, is, is 12 then because Havili's going to be yeah, out uh, for most of the world uh, for most yeah. of the year. I don't know about the world cup, but they've got, they've got decisions that they have to make, but in a world of everyone being fit and all that sort of jazz, I think if, if it was last year, I think Rico would have still been in a little bit of trouble. Um, but, but maybe you're right. Maybe they, they stick with him and they keep like constant. You can't sort of chop and change everyone. But there's not many games left to to prove it. But it's weird. Though. I think I think the All Blacks, the biggest, the two biggest positions, I'll say post 2015, after them in the, in the greatest team of all time, the two biggest positions have struggled to replace is the six and twelve with Minonu and Kano. It's, they, yeah. they've, they've been they've been they've tried everything to try to find a blindside flanker from a, a big hitting tackler in Ethan Blackadder to. Putting Ardy in there, it's putting Ardy or Sam Kane goes to six, or Nishan Frizzell, and then it's a trying for Fita from a, a lock sort of lock flank, or Scotty Barrett trying to match the box into the Peter Steph thing. They've, they've tried every option and every type of blindside flanker, and Sean, I still don't think they know they know they know who no. the starting six is. Probably, probably blacker there, but like they still you can you can still make questions. And twelve is the same. I mean, Nono was turned arguably the greatest twelve of all time. I mean. He had incredible size, great hands, great pass, added a kicking game, 
So now it's like, again, it's like all the options are the all different type of options. Like you look at like Leonard Brown is sort of, he, 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 sort, of, he sort of ticks every box and, you know, he's quite powerful, but like, like, he's not like a big, big ball carrying 12, like a Lamar, like a Lamar people. Like the title of Lamar people, but Lamar people's passing game isn't as great. I think Jordy Bears probably is the best option. I think he's the best rugby player to play at 12. And I mean, I think I remember seeing him play for Canterbury early days. And I thought at 12, and, and everyone was always made a sense like he'd probably move to 12. And I think 12 could be his position because I, I do think Jordy's, I do, I do think Jordy is better, especially for the Canes when he's close to the ball. And, um, and also, I do think with Will Jordan coming through, that the All Blacks can have two of the, probably two of their best talents on earth in the last, say, 10 years in the same backline with one at 12, one at 15. And they both in their best positions, as opposed to having, say, one at 15 and one at 14. They're still the same backline, but they're not, they're not actually playing their best positions. So I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's for the All Blacks. It's been tough trying to find a 12 and a inside center and a, and a, and a, and a blindside flank. I mean, I'm not saying that Dan, Dan Carter's a goat, but I mean, they went from Dan Carter. He's replaced, he's replacing one back-to-back World Player of the Year. So, like, and then there's Moanga who sort of replaced him. There's McKenzie coming through. So, Tens of the issue, man. San came already severe. So, yeah, I just think it's weird how it's, they're going to the second World Cup with, since 2015. They're still, still asking questions about blindside flank and number 12. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Very true. That, that 12 is going to be interesting. That could probably save, uh, save a lot of hassles. Um, by by having Jordy as a sort of twelve stroke fifteen, and then they just have to do away with either Anton Leonard Brown or um or Jack Goodhue. So, but time will tell. Just going through a couple more. Um, Reese Knott uh, put Paolo Dogwu um for an Italian bolter. It's a good shot. He made he made the squad a little while ago. He hasn't got capped yet, I don't think. Um. Rugby Yaga says uh, Tian Swanapool for Namibia. Uh, James Petit has said Theo Dan for England. So a couple of good ones. But Cooks, who, who's your bolter? Anyone, any country, anyone. Who you reckon is going to get a little look-see? I saw, um, I mean, Sean Stevenson was one for me. And um, I love the, the Calvin Nash shout-out as well because, I mean, I'm a big Calvin Nash, but um, my big one, I think my bolt, I know it's been capped. Mine is Jack Crowley because of the Sexton, the Sexton um, band coming through. And I think obviously Ireland are still in need of a 10. I mean, a backup 10. I know Ross Byrne obviously has shown glimpses. Ross Byrne, obviously, I know, I know he's a URC goat. That's where, he, that's where he does his work. But I think Jack Crowley could be my bolt in terms of either the, how long the, the, the Sexton suspension is, if he does get suspended, or Sexton does tend to pick up knocks during World Cup times, but and I wouldn't be surprised this time because I mean, twenty fifteen, like Sexton mixed, uh, got injured, so now and sort of the everything fell apart. I think now Sexton for some had to go down. I, I definitely think Jack Crowley could be a bolter and step up and sort of just steady the Irish ship. I mean, I still just the, watching him in that in that playoff run, especially that final for for Munster. I think um, he'll definitely be my my bolter. I think that's such a great shout. Mine to rock the boat a little bit. I think Jean Clain is going to be an island bolter. I think with what is going on and the conversations happening, I'm sure he'd like to play for the Springboks. However, with his contract coming up for renewal, um, 
I don't think Munster will be able to offer him a contact if he's not Irish qualified because they're probably going to want to keep Achis Neyman as well, who's obviously not Irish qualified. So I think Ireland are probably one injury away from calling, from calling Klein up. So I say that he goes to the World Cup with Ireland again, from World Cup to World Cup. So that's my one. Do you but think, cool. think Jean-Claude should just, just, just go to France anyway? <laughs> just go, he's going to have he's, two sets of kit, a Springbok kit and an Irish kit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. whoever there needs me, I'm ready. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I agree. I think he's, he's going to be in the mix. It'll be flipping interesting, that. You mentioned Johnny Sexton, so we might as well just jump straight into Sexton. So we all, um, as South African fans, most of us that are listening, we, uh, we know Sexton likes, likes a good moan. He's a captain. He's always getting in people's faces. He sometimes looks like he's throwing his toys out the cot and uh, becoming a player that we like to dislike. But the fact of the matter is also absolutely flippant brilliant and could beat anyone on the day. So there's another reason added to it. But after the Champions uh, Cup final, when Leinster lost to La Rochelle again, um, he's been injured, so wasn't playing, came out and had words and speculation went mad about what was said and what happened at halftime, which is now found out has really been a lot about nothing. But there was some words exchanged or sent towards the officiating group that is now being investigated. So officially, the EPCR have sent Leinster and you can read that as Sexton, a, um, a letter, which is apparently, well, not apparently, but it's how it works. Like they get a letter of saying that there were a misconduct letter. And then after that, Leinster must reply. So they can either say, listen, we're going to challenge this or we'll go ahead with the hearing and see what happens. Either which way, Sexton's not going to miss out in the World Cup, I don't think. There's no ways they're going to ban him for that long. My only, my only thing, my only thing that bothers me about this is Sexton was not part of any official part of that playing group that should have been allowed on the field. I know it was after the game, but, but he was essentially a fan. And that to me could be something that could cause a little bit of havoc. For instance, if he was water boy that day and something happened, you know, like he's allowed to be there kind of thing. But anyway, maybe after the game, things are different because everyone was on the field. But Sexton's not going to miss the World Cup. I think we just need to come to terms with that. However, I do think that there will be a small ban or a fine or a something. Cooks, what are your thoughts on this? So the thing is, um, so I think the reports going, the, the reports going that he did, what, what he, used, he called the officials a fucking disgrace. I mean, those, those are some of the quotes coming out of what he said. Just after that, after Leinster got, to be fair, Leinster got a lot of love, eh? That game. No, they did. No, they did. They did. I mean, I mean, there were calls, obviously, but they, they did get a little bit of love. But you know what? And the question is now, I think World Rugby sort of, I almost said the ICC. I'm watching too much cricket. But World <laughs> Rugby sort of put them, put themselves like in a, in a conundrum because the question you've got to ask is what's worse? Is, is, putting, is putting together a, a compilation DVD of the rest mistakes or it has been called a fucking disgrace. So like, what's the worst? Which crime here is the worst? Do you know what I mean? So because of the Rassi incident and the ban that they, give, that they gave Rassi, for example, there has to be a ban. A prison has been set. If not, it, I don't think it's a good look. And also you have to protect your referees. 
So that's where world rugby is. You have to protect the officials. You can't allow, like you said, he wasn't playing. He wasn't in a coaching capacity. So he's essentially a spectator was on the field and just basically had to go to the referees. So then if that doesn't, so if, if, if EPR, if, if European rugby or World rugby doesn't do anything about it, that's basically saying that anyone can just go on the field and just hurl abuse at, at, at referees, even if they don't agree yeah. with the call. But like my issue is there is World rugby has got to do something about it. And I, 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 I 100% agree with you. He's not going to miss the World Cup. But it has to be a games ban. And for me, whether it's a three-game ban, misses all the warm-up games, but it can't be, like, I know Jared mentioned on Twitter, but, like, it mustn't be a week's ban. They, they love to, which is my worst about ban. He's been banned for six weeks. But they, but they don't play a game for, they don't play a game in three, for three weeks. So it's actually, it's only banned for three weeks. Like, it has to be a game ban. I think, I think it should be between three and five games. I think just, I, I do think that World Rugby has to come down hard on this thing to sort of, because you can't you can't go from the rugby thing into the sixteen thing. It's like so now the referee, so now basically now the referees will feel like just anyone can just do what they want with us. And and now especially with the president they said last year the whole Rusty incident. Something something has to happen. They have to they have to lay down the law here. So for me it'll be a fine and a ban three to five games. Okay, just for everyone listening, and not games like and not games like any, um, test matches leading up so warm up games. Probably all the warm-up games. I think they yeah, yeah. play three warm-up games. Yes. Yeah. So everyone listening, for all those one-eyed fans out there, this is not the same thing that Rusty did. So you can't expect the same thing. It will be completely different. There are different environments, different things happening. But I, I just can't. I can't. I actually want to probably just switch off all social media and go hide in, 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 in the ocean for like a week when this happens because everyone's just going to be shitting their pants going, oh, but Russi got this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 whatever. One thing I will say is Sexton plays and goes to the World Cup even if he's only available from the knockouts. Like he's that important to Ireland, um, so he must go, and he will go. The best part about what's happening here is what Russi did, he's not playing. He doesn't interact with coach, with the referees or anyone on the field. He's the bad guy off the field. Everyone loves our leadership team and all that on the field. They love Khaleesi, the legend. Everyone has an utmost amount of respect for him. Um, so where it does change for Sexton, though, is Sexton, if things don't go his way on the field and him being captain and he starts having words, the refs are going to totally, totally treat him slightly differently. Be like, listen, bud, you've had your warning. Like, this is what you think of my colleagues or me if, if, if Yucca Paper's uh, officiating the game. Um, so they're going to say, listen, you're going to have to reel in and he's going to have to tread lightly. So it's going to be very interesting how that m- is managed. And that's what I'm super keen on, on, on seeing. The, uh, the dynamics around that will be, will be fun. Because it is funny is obviously I think the box obviously got a, they all got the spotlight now around, around referees from all over the world reading articles because of the whole incident. Now obviously Ireland will have the profile for like with Sexton playing. I don't think there's going to be many referees that's going to be wanting to ref that Springbok vs. Ireland game. They're just going to be like, it's going to be a long day in the office. I hope, I hope Rassi walks out for the coin flip with Sexton and not uh, Sia. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Rassi, oh. Rassi, 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 
Rusty and the video analyst. Oh, like you need that. Like it'll be, oh, it'll be hilarious. Because they'll be like, oh, they're like, risk of being, oh, shit. 16 minutes. <laughs> like, and Omani also loves it. Omani loves also a bit of a wine in the referees as well. Like he does as well. And like the box are chill. I mean, yes, but it, they, they think the Rusty, there's Rusty on the other side. It's going to be a long 80 minutes either way. Like just from the referee, I'm playing, I'm, I'm just playing for a draw. I'm shaking both, both captains' hand and I'm getting out of there. Oh man, I'm actually I'm actually gonna hunt this. Uh, I'll find out who the the referee is for the the Springbok Island game shortly. Cooks top fourteen. So this weekend, your man Finn, um, his time at Rusting has now ended. He's uh, he's off to to England to settle in 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 Bath and and play for Bath. But Toulouse basically stamped their authority down in the top fourteen. And absolutely destroyed Rusting ninety two, who are a quality side. Um, I don't think they've been firing how they should be, but they're a quality side on paper. But to lose one forty one fourteen, absolute mauling of of a, a side with Rusting's pedigree, and then followed up on Saturday on Sunday with um, with uh, sorry on Saturday with La Rochelle beating Bordeaux, but. Toulouse Rusting, did you did you watch the game at all? I don't I don't know. I didn't get to watch it unfortunately, but uh, did you get to see it? Yeah, Toulouse Rusting. Yeah, I saw the highlight, um, the extended highlight. The reason why, because so on Friday I missed the game live. at a dinner and then sort of went off dinner and then had a few drinks with the, with the cricket guys because we were obviously preparing for the next day. So what way to prepare a cricket game by having a few brandies and cokes on the Friday? And then I was, I was heading home and then I was seeing some tweets about obviously like Finn Russell tweets that didn't play well. And I was like, oh, okay, crap. Yeah, I think Russell's losing. So let me actually watch one of the highlights. And then, sure, you know what pisses me off? Like, this is like really what pisses me off. Like, like, like with Finn Russell, for example. I mean, I, you know Finn is my favorite player and the, and the viewers know Finn Russell is my favorite player. But there's, there's no doubt that he's, I've never thought that he's the best team in the world. And I know that. But I love watching him play rugby. And, and when Finn plays well, like, I mean, Twitter, like, erupts and, and he's loved and he's praised and everyone, loves the, and, and everyone loves the style of rugby he brings and it's fantastic to watch. And people's like, oh, he's, he's a maverick. This is what we love. But then when he plays bad, Twitter erupts as well. Like, the same people that call him a maverick are the same, like, you can't play rugby like this. This is under the bright lights. For, I'm like, you, you, you've got to choose one. Like, you've got to choose one lane. And stick to it because you're always going to be right. Like similar thing happens to like Manu Lebok. And like it pisses me off because I'm just like, eventually, like, do you, do you, do you want to see the same sort of tens play? Do you just want to see the rock solid tens, kick, pass, don't do anything, don't try anything? But then rugby will be boring. Yes, does Finn make mistakes? He makes hundreds of mistakes. But fuck me, the good he does as well is 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 is, is so good to watch as well. Because when he's hot, he's shit hot. And when he's bad, the bad looks just as bad. And, I, and I'm always willing to admit that, like, the art of, when Finn looks bad, it's bad. And for, for me, is one thing I lo- I've always loved about Finn, and probably hence why he's my favorite player, is you'll never stop trying to create something. Good or bad, you'll never stop. You'll never see him shirking away and not trying to do anything or, or him going to his shell. It might come to a detriment of his team, but that's why he's there. That's why the ball goes through him. So every time I watch Finn, like, and Teller is right because in a sense when you said like this discourse of Finn being the best team comes to an end because those people did 
lift the England and say, like, oh, Fern's one of the best 10s in the world. He's the best 10 in the world. Like, he's never been the best 10, but for me, he's always been the most entertaining, most entertaining player to watch. Because you're always going to get something from Fern. That's why I like watching him play. Like, you're always going to get something. So, yeah, it's just it's frustrating. Like, I always see, like, it's, it's high praise or, like, when it's time to shit and then people, t- and then, and then people enjoy, you've got to like, find a middle ground. But um, that's, my, yeah. that's my rant over. Like he's I said, never, like, he's like never going to die wondering. Yeah, he's never going to die wondering. And that's what you get with, um, you know, whether it's, it's money, whether it's Marcus Smith or Finn Russell, the guys are never going to die wondering. They're going to go for it. Like they don't have, they don't, they don't operate like, um, like Pollard or like um, Owen Farrell. Like Owen Farrell is literally, he's like a robot. Like this is what you do. This is when you do it, blah, blah, blah. There's space for both of them in the game, and it all depends on how you set up your team and how you want to how you want to operate. You know, if Finn has a bad game and Scotland lose, so be it. But they also went on their best Six Nations run in in a long time because of him. You know, um, when he starts opening up the the Huey Pilatu, um center pairing, and everyone's like, "That's the best center pairing in the world. They must play him, and they must play." Well, it's, there's a reason behind it. You know. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting, interesting times. So this weekend, so yeah, so I didn't get to watch too much of the of the Toulouse game, but um, I saw um, that uh, Antoine Dupont did a little Gregan move and they scored off it. Um, interestingly enough, Media Olympic didn't pick uh, Antoine Dupont um, as the the nine for their team of the week. So obviously, he didn't play that well. But I mean, it's really hard not to play well when you. When you're smashing, I think Dupont's been the team. I, th- I think he's, he's been in the team of the week enough times. So I think one week, sure, yes. I think he'll be okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think, maybe. I think maybe. You, you, just just make him angry be before the final. You know, just make him angry yeah, before exactly. the final. Exactly. So, yeah. And watch him, and then and he probably went top 14 player of the year. Oh, there's a surprise. Um, and the second semi final was La Rochelle, um, who are on the hunt for their first top 14 championship. They they haven't won it yet. They're back to back. Champions Cup winners, but they still need to to win the big one in France. Uh, La Rochelle beat Bordeaux. We had quite a lot of South Africans in the mix there. Um, we had Raymond Rule on the left and Dylan Lates on the right uh, for La Rochelle, and then Madosh Tambwe um, for Bordeaux. But I just want to say, um, Raymond Rule put in one of the biggest tackles <laughs> I have seen Jesus in a long huge. time, and I, I will I will say, uh, uh, Bill Barry. Uh, the 15 for Bordeaux, he totally should have passed that ball. I don't know what he was thinking to not pass that ball. It was a good, was a, it was definitely a man out wide. They were running from inside there, 22. Uh, it was a two on one, and uh, Rule just lined him up and absolutely cut him off. And then um, Dylan Late scored a try, had one chalked off, but Dylan had a, had a great game. And yeah, so it's Toulouse versus La Rochelle in the top 14 final coming this weekend. It's going to be an absolute crackerjack. That's going to be a great final. Um, are you, I've, got a, I've got a hot take for you, Sean. I don't think it's even that much of a hot take, but I do think that this is going to be Ronan O'Gara's last season at La Rochelle. I don't Oof. think, I do think there's going to be a few international jobs opening up, good ones though, as are opening up in, at the end of the year. I think, I just, surely, I think that could be the next, that, that could be the next, either that as head coach or assistant, but I mean, Flip and Hell, he's done an amazing job, but 
the La Rochelle Toulouse finals. What oh, that is a fantastic, fantastic final. Is it where is it? Is it neutral venue or is it a, does, is it like what home team gets to host like Super Rugby? Um, it's uh, it's no, it's at, it's in Paris at Stade Français, at their main stadium oh, nice. in France where they host their test matches. So yeah, Saturday nine pm or normally five past nine at kickoff. So for those of you that have Just access or stream it, go go for it. It's going to be well worth it. Um, but yeah, then. One we've kind of been putting off, but the Curry Cup. So I think the the major thing we're going to chat about in the Curry Cup is uh, is is Monestan and Bismarck Duplessis signing off for the Bulls. But just a quick run through the Curry Cup games. Um, Lions beat Griffins. Pumas beat Griquas in Kimberley. Um, Free State with the Cheetahs beat the Bulls at Loftus uh, for Mona and Bismarck's final game, which is quite a screw you moment. And then Western Province uh, at uh, Cape Town Stadium absolutely decimated the Sharks, but that unfortunately wasn't enough for them to to make the playoffs. But more importantly, let's talk a little bit about Mornay and Cooks. I'm going to let you have a have a, have a little run at this. Mornay stands saying goodbye. We never thought it would happen. I never thought I never thought we'd see the day. Oh man, Mornay stand. I think. The the oh, best member, the best. Can you hear that? It's United Kingdom and Ireland celebrating. Yeah, it's them. <laughs> it's them. <laughs> you want to come back in twelve years time, well, ten years time now to get to sort of bury them again. But on us. It's just I remember. I remember one of my best friends growing up, um, Lauren, absolutely loved loves rugby, and she was from the get go always a morning stand guy. Even like she was one, she wanted morning stand to play ahead of her heart all the time, and. And we used to argue all the time. Those are Sharks fans. Then we had this, the, the classic Lambie versus, versus Mornay Stan argument. And I remember Mornay Stan when she got his debut. And obviously, we, we know what he did on debut. And then, then, and then she was like, I told you. I kept telling you, this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy that's going to take the box back to the promised land. And then he, he was like, I was like, okay, cool. Maybe it might be a slight fluke. Then he beats all of us on his own. I'm like, hey, Lauren, you're right. Sorry. Everything I've ever said, I take I take it all back. <laughs> but I mean, Philip is is he's probably. Had, I, I I thought before Andre Pollard that arguably the Mornestan could have been the the, the box greatest ever ten. You look, you look at what he's done in that run. Um, just a fantastic career. Um, his boot, like his boot is, it was actually a cheat code. Like the stages when you just like if like if you're watching the, the rugby in the box, got a penalty or conversion, you can actually go and get something to eat, go to the bathroom. <laughs> like it's three points. Like, don't don't bother about it. And and I always felt like I always felt that he had enough. Like he he didn't know he, he, he was such a good general in terms of no one ever talked about like you look at the Bulls and the one Super Rugby. The Bulls always were up there with top two, top three most like, in, in in point scorers and tries scored. And he was the ten. So it was it wasn't like they just like kicking everything away. When the box played well, he knew how to get a backline going. He may not have been a Alton Yankees, the most flashy Oaks, but he knew exactly what to do. He wasn't sit, drop back, he had to be a sit back on top and in the pocket, kick everything away. I mean, he did also absolutely bounce Brody Retag the one, the one year. I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, so he's a physical threat as well. But um, yeah, flip, what a career. Um, just, yeah, just, I'm so glad we got to see the last couple of years of him here in South Africa. I loved when he came back from when he came back when he came from France and 
when the Bulls was actually running through everyone in during Super Bowl and Lockton. I think probably one of my favorite moments of of Mornay Stain is like it's like Mornay Stain, and then you had like I think Cornell Henderson was at twelve. There was Stephen Hans at thirteen. Then you had Curly Lawrence at fifteen. Uh, uh, Stravino Jacobs at fourteen, and moving in the one wing it was like okay, you get all these flipping racehorses and all these ballers, all but you needed someone, someone with a little bit of, with a bit of structure and they just put more in there at 10, like, you keep all these oaks in check here. <laughs> like, that's what you need to do, but you can doubt, just keep the ball and let them run. But no, yeah. flip, hell of a career, sure. I mean, flip, I mean, what are, what are your, some of your favorite morning stand moments? Flip, what a player. Oh, man, it's, it's all the usual ones, but uh, is he's someone that is very quietly and many, many times in his career, it's just very quietly gone about, it, but gone about his business. He's always done the job for whoever, whoever he's played for. Like he's one of those guys. That's the way it looks. Like he doesn't seem like he's too much out there, just does his stuff, goes in, does his work, goes home, stuff like that. I still think he is on speed dial for the Springboks in a, in a worst case scenario. We, if we suffer one and a half injuries, if we suffer one injury and someone's iffy on form, we might call him in. I think we have that one phone call left is that in the, us. It's not the, is, is, is the worst talk to bring on. Like, like, a, he's like, like Stephen Donald basically crawled so Morningstone as a super sub, super, super <laughs> sub can, could run. I mean, imagine like, like, like Morningstone as a guy, you bring him as cover. Like, listen, man, we just need you for 15 minutes in a World Cup final. That's all we need yes. from you. Like, can you look at the Lions game, right? I mean, like, I think that was probably like his last test. I mean, like, that's, that's the typical reason why they brought him on is because we, we back ourselves to win one penalty here and you are the best at what you do, yes. kicking for poles. Like, there's no one in the country we trust more. Like, you watch the kick and the kick went up. I was like, who, who else would you want in the situation, in the country? Right now, like the, we need three points to win the game, to win the series. It's morning staying. It's a tricky kick. There's no one. And there's no one the I would rather want more in the country than him. Yeah, it's written in the stars. Like, wouldn't surprise me. Like, there's a phone call in Paris waiting for him just in case. Oh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if the the Springbok management send him and his family um, on holiday in Spain or somewhere in Europe. Oh man! Anyway, <laughs> just to just to be close. just to keep him close, acclimatize him. Yeah, just a two-hour flight or something. One game of Morningstone that never gets talking about. It was also one of his best. Twenty eleven in PE against the All Blacks, the John Smith's last home game. He won the game. I think eighteen yeah eighteen eleven. Morningstone last minute drop kick. Fantastic game as well. But again, he has so many of those games where he's just like you said, Sean, quietly just goes about his job, but actually makes. You got a key drop goal about eight minutes left in that game. Just again, morning stain doing morning stain things, but yeah, flip. We'll definitely, definitely be missed. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, morning stain to the Springboks. So that was an absolutely awesome build up to. Uh, well, shout out to, to Bismarck as well. Bismarck also. Oh, busy. Sure, I'm. I'm scared he's going to find me and beat me now. Busy now. There, <laughs> there's a guy. There's a guy like. When I think of Bismarck, I'm just like, ah, oh, I feel I feel so bad that he got such a, a rap for being such a such a dirty player. And it all came from one time when he tackled Dan Carter properly. Well, not one time. Like, listen, let's be fair. He got in people's faces. 
but um but yeah so that was that was the one thing everyone like south africans are still shitting their pants whenever there's a, a referee decision like yeah justice for when bismarck was pinged but anyway bismarck now there's a guy what an unbelievable career like incredible incredible hooker played behind john smith then john smith moved over so he could could play um play more um john smith moved on onto onto prop and um yeah and then like many guys in the beginning were were obviously anti john smith because bismarck was probably the form form hooker but you know horses for courses and all that sort of jazz but there's a player that was as hard as nails he was he was uh, trying to think now he was probably that first hybrid hooker our our real first hybrid hooker that that guy that really went around and stole the ball got involved at ruck time and stuff like that like he for for me from memory i'm not saying that's fact from memory he's that guy you know that guy that really was the more mobile hooker he was a big strong man but he was the more mobile hooker um doing doing all those other little things on the park that we so used to seeing now but he's well traveled got a couple of uh, got a couple of trophies in the cabinet played with a couple of legends i mean he's going out and about doing his business crazy yeah no geez what a player yeah and you are right i think i think we, i remember, remember that the uproar in 2011 where that's like either johnson <laughs> moved to moved to three or doesn't play and arguably like even in those minutes that that John, that um, that that, that Bismarck played, whether it was a small came on the bench or starting, into the eleven is like eleven twenty twelve. It's arguably one of the top five rugby players in the world. Bismarck was incredible, and like you said, one of the, one of the first. Like we had like mobile hookers, like the, like the Scott Brits, but that was ball in hand. But like, but like Bismarck was like just everywhere, like defensively everywhere, just robust, incredible, incredible on the ground. Just the turnovers he was winning. And sort of started a, and then, and then sort of started like you said a trend. Like now we see like like, like with Malcolm Marx, and it's like Malcolm Marx is just like is like a bigger, stronger Bismarck duplicy. Like, like Bismarck was doing that first. Like, and 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 we get to see it now through, through like Malcolm Marx. But I loved, loved Bismarck, and I think Jake White had that story where he described. I think the best way to describe Bismarck is you. We all remember that situation when Philip and Gary Gold was. The reserve hooker for under for John for so long, and then Bismarck wasn't winning the original World Cup squad, and then he gets picked, and he basically like usurps Gary Gold. Like Gary Gold couldn't even get a, a spot on the bench. I mean, that's a good. And Gary Gold was a fantastic hooker. I mean, in any other era, Gary Gold is a eighty nine to cap Springbok. If it weren't for John Smith and Bismarck coming back to back, but um, yeah, flip incredible player. Also, really happy to see he's come back to come back to finish career. Help the help a few of the youngsters. I mean, Yuan Krobler speaks highly about him. So yeah, flip what a career. Yeah, incredible. Uh, what a player. But I mean, the best part about it is um, is what we've got to see out of both of them and how much they've they've given. You know, they they both come back to South Africa, and a lot of guys that leave come back and play a little bit over here. But they've come back and gone over and above to to get involved you know so it's uh, and get involved a lot longer so it's testament to them as players but also as their mindset so it's really really awesome but from two springbok legends into the current springbok squad so 
Jacques Ninaba has uh, named his squad for the rugby championship. Um, he's named 40 players. And very interestingly, he's named a 41st player. And for those who have been living um, under a rock and not listened so well to the beginning of this podcast, but Jean Klein has been named as a 41st player in the Springbok squad um, while the South African rugby talk with World Rugby to make sure that he qualifies for the Springboks. So he last played for Ireland in 2019. And that four-year window period, uh, cooling off period, um, is is happening. So he will be eligible to play for the Springboks just before the World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, so so he's now player number forty-one, and it's rocked a, quite a few boats. He's had a phenomenal URC. Um, he it was even better the way it ended than it started. He's been, um, you know, he's he's probably the, one of the first names on the on the starting lineup. For Munster, um, he's been sort of knocking down trees and just not been selected by by Ireland and South Africa. Have thought, well, hang on a second, let's have a little look. See, we could possibly use someone like that. But let's quickly go through the the, the squad. Props: Thomas Tatoy, Stephen Kitzoff, Vincent Koch, Franz Malherber, Oxenchair, Trevor Nyakane. Cooks. Any major surprises there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. We'll see the same names going to Paris. <laughs> yes. I think, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. No change. No surprises there. Okay. Hookers. Joe Dweber, Malcolm Marks, Bongium Banambi. Uh, same as expected. Locks. Luti Hocker, Evan Elizabeth, Marvin Ori, Achis Neman. Anything there? No. Like again. No. Nothing. There. Yeah, no, no surprises. <laughs> nothing at all. Okay, so now we'll have our first bit of uh, interesting bit now, loose forwards. So let me quickly go through the utility forwards. Jean-Luc Dupre covers um, blindside and lock. Dion Fury covers hooker and eight, or any of the back three. And Franco Morstead, who covers um, blindside and lock. So very interesting, Jean-Luc gets a recall, um, and Dion Fury stays, which we probably didn't expect not to happen. Loose forwards, Peter Steff Tatoy, Sia Khaleesi, Evan Roos, Kocha Smith, Marco van Staden, Dwayne Vermeulen, and Jasper Visa. Big, big call here is Ulrich Lowe not making the setup. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, that is the big one. I think, um, I thought you'd probably get in ahead of um, Jean-Luc Dupree. I think obviously Eric would be able to play eight blinds and blinds at flank and probably also a fantastic lineup option as well. But I mean, listen, I'm also a massive Jean-Luc Dupree fan. I think it does kind of show that, um, I, I do think that like, Jean-Luc is also the, the better ball carrier as well. And I think it looks like a very lot more abrasive approach from the Springbok. So yeah, I think with Eric Lowe, I think it is, it is, it is tough to miss out. Um, I mean, it shows the quality we have. If we can leave someone like Eric Lowe out and, um, and I think obviously, like, yeah, I think the way they think, I do think, I, st- I still think, I mean, I still think with Dion, he still goes. And I think he's, because he's also one of the few out and out fetches. I think that's an option that they would like to have, whether it's, especially with CS injury, whether it's a Guaco to start. And I always like the option of a, like a fetch like they had with, like they had with Flo on the bench and um, with, of Dion on the bench. And you can come in and win us a penalty to win us a game. But uh, yeah, I think Ariel I mean, it is tough. I mean, if 
if you're in a position where you're leaving players out, like Auri Klo out the mix, it shows how healthy, how healthy our our loose forward, uh, our loose forward, and uh, utility forward stocks. So I mean, even like Dan Dupree, I thought he, is, he had a good season up in England. I've always, I've always rated him. I thought he was unlucky probably four years ago, which was in 2019, the four man in Super Rugby. And again, this, I mean, the form is carrying with sales. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I th- I th- we, know, we are in a healthy place. And um, interesting that Kwak has been, has been putting the loose forward mix as, as opposed to utility forward or utility player. So it yeah. just shows that yeah. uh, we, won't be seeing, we won't be seeing Kwak on the wing anytime soon. I've got a theory on the Ulrich Lowe situation. I believe the reason why Ulrich Lowe is not in the mix is because Achis Neyman is back. Now, a reason for that is, is because of Erhia and the way he plays and what he does, having Ulrich Lowe in the mix, because let's be honest here, if Ulrich Lowe is in the Springbok setup, it's in the place of Evan Roos. And we will then have way too many of the same trick ponies. So... With Ache coming back in the mix, it has allowed us to have Evan Roos back, who has been playing well. He he has a little bit of a he has a little bit of a um every now and then like a little bit of the red mist, which you know depends which side you look at it. Like some people like he really shouldn't be doing that on the rugby field, and other people like cool. I love the spice. You know, everyone loves it when when Evan gets the red mist. So I think it's just about managing it. But he's a young player. He's talented. He's in some serious form at the moment. All of that added in the mix is the reason why it probably went that way for me. However, I don't think Ulrich Lowe is too far away from a call-up. I really think he's literally the next cab on the rank, no matter what happens. Um, so, yeah, there are a couple of guys that have, that have missed out. But I, I feel that that is, is what has happened. We've now have, we now are in the position where we can have an Evan Ruiz be in the squad because it allows us that different style of player and we can use it on our terms as opposed to use it on, on terms where we have to start, where we start Ruiz and he must change his game. Now Ruiz can be Ruiz. Yeah, exactly. I think, in, I think, I think that's the big thing. I think, yeah, I mean, Evan Ruiz is flying at the moment. He's playing incredible rugby and he is, he does look like um, that he sort of played his way into definitely getting a few caps in the championship and could play as well, played himself into Paris, the form he showed at the Stormers. And, and I know he will show that form again more in the Springboks, and especially the way he played, and especially in that final. I mean, that, that's a test match number eight performance. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think it is tough for Eric Lowe, but I, I, I agree with you as well, Sean. I mean, whether it's a lock going down or a Lucy, Eric Lowe is probably next man up and, and, and unfortunately like we'll get a scrum up, we'll get a scrum ups now but sometimes good players do miss out in, in World Cup time and that's and that's the harsh reality I mean Eric Lowe is going to a World Cup one day like he's, he's gonna be he's got all the makings to be a top class a top class Springbok he's an incredible player still very young so it's it's like I said like, like again like it's a great option place to have like New Zealand's crying out for blindside for blindside uh, flankers, and we like leaving lots of Eric Lowe at home. Like Eric Lowe would probably mm-hmm. like walk into the All Black side at the blindside flanker, and we're going like, oh, don't need him. If there's cover, he'll be there. And that's the the broader squad, not even like the World Cup squad. 
we're not even, we're not far away from from low and Rua starting for the Springboks. Like that's that's 100%. coming. It's coming in 2024, and all these conversations are going to change because we're talking about two players that are exceptionally good, very young, and are hungry, hungry, hungry to get all the Springbok caps they can. And it's what's happening now. I mean, if you look at it, uh, the 2019 um, World Cup squad, Lizot Koboka missed out on being selected. I was gutted. And it was literally, it was, it was such a fine line between who you take. And that's what happens, you know? Like, you can't argue with what happened just because, like, when players are missing out because other players are just a little bit better than them, you really, it really goes on, on the coaches and, and their gut feel and what they want. Um, so, so yeah, but we, I mean, imagine, imagine having low on the side of the scrum and Ruiz at eight. I mean, imagine, Jeepers. imagine I mean, the carnage. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thought to have. I mean, I mean, like I said, like imagine, like even now, like you look at it, the eights, for example, in the squad is the out, not eight men's it's, it's Dwayne Vermillion, I mean, big Dwayne, Eric Lowe, I mean, I'm sorry, Evan Ruiz and Jasper Visa. That's all. Those are three. Those are options at eight, without the Walker Smith. I, I mean, I can see can it. still cover but, eight. But like, I'm just listening to those it. Are options. And those are beasts. Beasts. That's crazy. It's, it's, either way you look at it, it's a tough day out for the opposition. I mean, like, like someone like Dwayne, obviously experienced, and, and we know when Dwayne, Dwayne still, I still think he's capable to have those games where if Dwayne plays well, Dwayne can win you a game single-handedly. Yes, but Visa is going to carry the ball. 15 to 20 times a game and he's not going to stop and it's going to be very, very hard to, very, very hard to tackle. He's coming around the corner and Evan Ruiz now is got exactly the same. He's going to be coming around the corner extremely hard and now he's, like, I mean, the, the way he's added fetching to his game and, and his game is evolving every single time, every, every, every single year. It's just, it's three really good eight men coming at you and it's such a great place to be and to leaving out one. I mean, I always personally think that Eric Lowe is a blindside flank. I think that's his best position, but he has he has shown good glimpses of format eight as well. Yeah, I was going to read through the um, the backs, but I think it's probably now's probably the best time to do this. Um, Rugby bits fan of the show, Fan Beardin Fudgy has sent a great tweet to us, asked us a question about the Springbok setup and specifically focused on the forwards. Now, fine, we are, we are going to have you on, on the show soon. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain of it, but I figured we'd lead in with, we need, with what you've asked. We need him on the show. Yeah, We yeah. need him on the show. Oh, no, man. It's, it's, a, it's a done deal. The contracts have been signed, man. It's just now just whittling down. Uh, it's ESCOM's fault. We can blame ESCOM. <laughs> so, and our fax machine is broken in the office. Our fax machine is in holiday with Jared. <laughs> yeah, it's Jared's fault. This is why. This is why. This is okay. So this is the reason why Cooks and Jared are fighting because Jared just can't keep his admin up. Today. <laughs> there, I said it. Okay, all jokes aside, the tweet is as follows: a great one. Assuming you have 19 forwards in the World Cup squad, do you take an extra prop, um, like Thomas Tatoy instead of Dweber when you have Faree that covers? At hooker, do you not take an out an out tight head lock in Klein or Ori, or who's in the mix? So this is the the setup. So the loose heads are Oxen Chair and Stephen Kitsoff. The tight heads are Koch and France, 
with yeah, Kane being a, a swing a swing prop. Okay. Hookers are Mark Stweber and Bonambi. Tight head locks are Klein and Etzebeth. Your loose head locks are Achis Neumann and Lotte Jacher. Your hybrids are Mostert, who covers 4, 5, and 7. Furu, who covers 2 and 6. Seer covers 6 and 7. Quacha, hybrid 6, 7, and 8. Visa, 8. Vermeulen, 8. Peter Steff, 5, stroke 7. Cooks, what are, you, what are your, your thoughts on this? And where, where are you leaning? Yes, that's 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 a fantastic, fantastic squad. I, I, I still, for me, I, I do love the three the three hookers option. I think the big worry is like at least you know there's certain games where like a marks or a bonga can get a can get a proper proper race. I know Dion Free can cover at hooker, and he can do a job there. But I like him as sort of if all, I, I I do like having a third hooker, someone that's out and out hooker was. If 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 anything, if anything does happen to your top two, you want you want one of your options. Say if, if anything had to happen to Marks or on Bonambi, at least you know Dweber's there. He has he has the caps, and I, and I do know he he does get a lot of stick, obviously with his throwing and um like. But I, I do think that as the season went by for the Stormers, he's a guy that needs to play consistent rugby, and he had, and he got, and he did that at the Stormers, and I thought he got better and better as the season went. And his throwing got better and better, and I think he's still done enough to be. The third, the third choice hooker, I still want him to be around. So I do think he's got a massive role to play, even in, in post-World Cup. And I think the World Cup would be good for him. But I think for me, Dion going, I want Dion just going as um, the so-called, the second out-and-out Lucy uh, fetcher, fetcher role. I think someone like that, where it's like, it's something different that Springboks don't have. I mean, you look at all the hybrids they have in the, in the Peter Steffs who can cover, cover positions. You've got the likes of in say Quaker can play a couple of positions. Most have plays a couple of positions. Um, so so like you mean so there, there are guys who can sort of do this hybrids, especially like in the Lucy. Sia can play six or seven, but Sia is also not your traditional number six in terms of fetching and things like that. But yeah, someone like Free, he's like such a unique weapon to have. Like if you play in a tight game, to sort of throw him off on the bench. It's like I mean, can you go and win as a penalty? Like the same role that Franco Low played for the Springboks in in the last World Cup. Where it's just it's almost like his job was to go and create and go find that, that match winning penalty. I think Dion Fury could do that. And also with the, he's also got that experience of played, having played a lot, um, having having played in an experienced campaign, and he's probably been the form flanker in in New York probably the best player the all season, barring Martin LeBoc. But I do like that squad. I think also Thomas Thomas Detroit is I think he would miss out for the hybrid for the hybrid option of Trevor Nyakane, but like again, like Vajra's squad there is as good as any as any squad. I mean, we're talking about leaving someone like Thomas Dutoy at home. Fantastic player as well. Fantastic. Yeah. He can play one and can play three. But um, yeah, it is it is a massive, massive, massive call. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I I'm taking three hookers, and and for the one reason that Markson and Bonambi are going to chop and change between starting and benching. We don't have a, a bench hooker um, f- as a gap filler. Our, our, our bench hooker is there to strike and, and cause chaos, just the same as our starting hooker and our starting front row did. And, and that for me means we have to have a third hooker. We have to have a third hooker that starts somewhere else and then, um, then Fari can, can cover. 
whether Fury starts and then moves into hooking or they both play a full game in their starting positions and, you know, we have it as an emergency. I'm very interested in Locke for me. So Jean Klein, Klein as not, I don't think he's at the World Cup for the Springboks. So this is going to be very interesting. This is going to be a very, very late call, whatever happens here. Um, you know, if Ireland pick up an injury, they're going to call him in very quickly. Um, if, at any sign of danger, they'll, they'll bring him in, where we have the ability to wait a little bit. But we'll always have him, you know, chilling. Um, I'm pretty sure there's got to be some paperwork filled out. I don't know how all the rest of that jazz works. But, yeah, well, I'll have to do some research on it. So Locke is interesting for me because I don't think that he takes that four lock straight away to the World Cup. He will come in if need be. The other one is eight. After everything we've said about Evan Roos and Ulrich Lowe and all that sort of stuff, it really settles down to we know Visa starting at eight. We, we know that. That is, that is probably the most certain thing in world rugby that we will ever find is Jasper Visa starting at eight for the Springboks. The other thing is, is Vermeulen going, is Dwayne going to go? If he's fit, does he go? Or is it a swing vote between him and Roos? And that's what this big squad was selected for the rugby championship. Only three games in the rugby championship, but guys are going to be out there absolutely smashing shit to pieces because the guys in the fringe are going to want to make, uh, are going to want to, you know, get the eyes on them for, for good reasons so they can get selected. So that's where it is. I personally feel that our eights are going to be um, Visa, Dwayne, and Quacha, because Quacha at eight, one thing that he showed that he he covers at eight during during the Lions tour, he did bloody well. So, like, I don't have an issue with him starting at eight every now and then, or moving there in an emergency or whatnot. So, in terms of what Barnes um, put together, I. I basically agree with it. It's just the only thing I don't agree with necessarily is that is John Klein at, at lock, which we'll need some time. Like, I don't really know what's going on there. Interestingly enough, with, with regards to the Kane Thomas de Toy situation for that one, that, that one, that swing prop, Trevor Kane has had a, an interesting time at hooker. He's been at, at, at prop for rushing. He's started and they've been doing okay. And, his opposite number has been pinged a lot at the scrum, but I, I don't think that he's totally like not to blame in terms of how they're setting up and what he's doing. Um, but any, the best way for that to get fixed is to spend time in the Springbok camp. Like, let's be honest, we will make this our, it's one of our only, our, our dead certain weapons is our, is our pack. So we're going to have to get that right. But yeah, it was a it was a great it was a great question, great tweets, and looking forward to um, Barn having you having you on once Jared sorts his shit out, you know, and uh, and and we can sort of chat about it more. Um, Cooks, anything more you want to add on that pack and 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 that question before I move on to the backs, the best part of the spring box, the backs, the best mm-hmm. part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, but I, I think you look at. I think the forwards, sure. I think even going to the World Cup, I think the forwards is probably as settled as it can be. I think the difference there, like it's, I think Jean Klein was, I think Marvin Ori still goes to the World Cup. I think he will go. I think he may have done, he's done enough as well. I, I like having uh, sort of, he's also, he's also one of a very good line out general as well. Cause I think with most he's going to play, you can be, most could play anyway. So it would be nice to have, at least we know of an out and out line out general, a guy too 
call lineouts if anything has to happen and to have that option. So I think I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ori going instead of, instead of Sean Klein and having another tight end lock, might sneak in one more number five lock and sort of keep, Lance is one of our strengths. And yeah, so I definitely think the lock department, Marvin Ori will go ahead with Jean Klein. And I think I'm glad they're having a look at him. I mean, flip running here for months too was incredible. But yeah, the pack does kind of pick for themselves. That's just, yeah, there's not many, there's not many, it's hardest to pick a Springbok bolter in the pack when, when like the pack, the team sort of, sort of picks themselves. Right, straight on to the backs now. And what can only be described as a shitstorm, um, we've named five scrum halves. For me, that is something that probably says more about the other most important part of our, 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 um, our tactics and our game plan is, is having an excellent kicking nine, but also that it's really much up in there at the moment. So our nines are Faf de Klerk, Jaden Hendrickson, who is coming back from injury. So I'm saying we've named four and a half scrum halves because I'm not sure where he is, but I know he must be in the mix to be getting some game time soon. Herschel Yanchis, Corbus Reinach, and Grant Williams. So for me, if Jaden Hendricks is fit, Fafta Clack and Jaden Hendricks are going to the World Cup. That means Herschel Yanchis, Corbus Reinach, and Grant Williams are fighting out for the third. So during the rugby championship, we'll have to see what's happening. But the guys need to be accurate. Herschel Yanchis has really not had a great um, time of it since the 2019 World Cup. And his hitting form um, in, in a World Cup year, which Andre Pollard is, is doing too, which is great to have. We'll chat about that later. So Herschel Yanchis is there and thereabouts. Corbis Reinach, World Cup, got pace. Um, and Grant Williams got ridiculous pace. Covers another wing option <laughs> if you need. Um, but Reinach and Williams are fighting out for that, that role. So is Yanchis in with a shot who's he fighting that role for what's what's going on with having five nines i think you are right. i think you nailed it by saying i think that spot the third spot is is definitely up in the air because i think Kubas Reinach and grand williams are pretty much similar similar scrum offs in terms of the way they play um and i, I think hosho yankees is sort of probably the more well-rounded scrum off out of those two and um is it form I mean, he has hit form in a World Cup. I thought he's been, he, I thought he's been, he's had a very good year coming, leading up to this year, especially in the playoffs. Um, the final made not be his best game, but I thought quarters, same as he was, especially the same as he was phenomenal. But, and um, I think the thing with Herschel, it's, 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 it's weird too, because Herschel, like I do, loves his game, love his, his passing, but also like it's just, he ticks a lot more boxes in terms of like the, his all on ability and, but like the X factor that Grant Williams' pace brings, I mean, the number of games that he basically stole, like kept the Sharks in by just creating a moment of magic out of anywhere. And I think, I think Renox in the same boat as well, where they sort of their pace and their explosiveness and what they willing to do. Cause I mean, they're just great guys to bring off the bench or great guys when you need a spark or like those are the sort of players you need. Because I do think Faf and Jade and Ifford are those two, two starting nines. Uh, Faf is not out about Jaden, obviously, showed his class last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if Herschel goes above the other two and then sort of, and then they go, we're going to go for one all round scrum off. Because I do think 
the box will sort of lean toward. I mean, the first two options are, are sorted, but I think that third scrum of them might probably want, like you said, the kicking, the kicking, uh, kicking option. I think, and I think at Hoshiang is probably the the better kicker out of all three. Hmm. The way I look at it is Herschel has got the rugby championship to say, listen, I am good enough. So if Jaden Hendricks is playing, we need to make sure that his kicking is good because we've seen him put in bad kicks, but as a whole, he's probably the best kicking nine we have, which to be honest with you is almost more important than having a good pass in the Springbok setup. So that's vitally important. And then I, I can't, I don't want to go to a World Cup with De Klerk, Hendrickson, and Yankees and not have a Reinach Williams speed merchant. I don't. I think having them coming off whenever we need them, they really change the defensive setup. Everyone, I've, Kubis Reinach is fast. I have never, like Grant Williams, I, I don't know what they look like racing against each other, but from what I've seen on TV in separate incidents, Grant Williams looks like he'll make Reinach look slow, which is flippant scary. Imagine knowing a player like that is coming off the bench and you're like, your tired props are going to have to be defending against that. You have to be so switched on because he will kill you. Like if, if he's got a half a meter, he's gone. And then you just got to hope that your scramble defense is in place. So it has, one of Reinach Williams has to go to the World Cup. Um, whoever goes, you must decide. And that means that Yanchis is fighting out to either take Hendricks or De Klerk's place. Big calls are going also, to be made. No, 100%. I think Spring, the Springbok management also love um, Hoshi Yankees in terms of they know the role he's played for them. Because, I mean, whether his form, domestic form has been up, has been up and down recently, or he always, he's always in the mix in the camps and he's always... And I think I think last year was the first time they sort of I would say lost favor slightly, but it sort of went in a different direction by getting by adding in a Jaden Hendrickson. So I'm glad to see that Russia has fought his way back for, with the Stormers. That and the, and the rugby champion is going to be a massive test for all three scrums because they won't be surprised. I think they all get, especially with um, especially with Hendrickson out, and hopefully he might play a game or two in the rugby championship. But there definitely be, will be game time for Williams, Reinach, and yeah, Russia gets to sort of prove. Their place in the squad, but I mean, there was a stage. Law, I think it was, I, don't, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. We we're wondering whether we had any nines left, and now we're in a position where we have, we have five high quality nines, and there's still the likes of Nohamba, who's also had a very very good year. Not even not even talked about. So yeah, I think we also we went from almost a, a scrum of crisis to a very very healthy scrum situation. Ambrose Papier. He's been cooking. Even um, Fancel's been cooking as well. Even Fancel um, with Saracens, he's been cooking. And we cannot forget about Rome Pino. We, we're in exactly. a great place. Great place. No, 100%. Fly-offs. Now, this is going to be an interesting debate. Um, there's a hell of a lot going on here. There's three names here uh, in the Springbok fly-off setup, and it's crazy. So, Money Libok, Henri Pollard, Damien Willemsen. Cooks, I'm going to lead with this. Damien Willemsen named at Flyhoff. What does that mean to you? I think it shows that I think arguably he's Damien's the um, uh, sort of a second 10, second choice 10 after, um, after, after Pollard. I do think the, the, the Springboks will take three, three flowers. I think 
I think three flowers is going regardless. I, I worry that Alton Yangis may have lost favor. I think obviously, I think now with Damon getting a run of games last year and Marnie's form, that, that Alton was the one that was going to miss out. Um, but also, I, I'm not going to write him off. Who knows? You could be the Stephen Donald, the Bolter that that that, that Springboks um, do call up if anything does happen. Um, but yeah, I think those three. I think those are the three. I think um, obviously with Damon, he will cover, you're able to cover twelve and fifteen. But it, it is interesting to see that he's done a ten. And I wouldn't be surprised, for example, if we see him sing, almost covering 10, 12, sit on the bench, and having say Villy starting. Then you could have an option of Kurtley on the bench as well, covering 15, 14, 15 in the mm. wings. So obviously, where like where with Damien and Kurtley could cover all the, the remaining position, but you, you could do the same with Villarou. You can have Damien on the bench and Villarou, and so. But yeah, I think at ten is a statement to show that um, yeah, that he's probably second choice ten for after after Andre Pollard. What do you think? It's very interesting. So I thought it'd be under so, utility. Yeah, so Pollard has has hit some great form for Leicester. So he's in form, which is great. We we know we all need that, and and we want it. I. He, if him on form is is the best fit and our best suited ten, the Springbok can have right now. So I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem that we have to start Damien Willemser. Um, having your second choice fly half, he doesn't get a lot of game time in the World Cup, so it's a little bit risky. So that, that's where I agree with you that we're going to take two tens and then and Willemser will be a um, a utility and but a starting utility. Or they will um, take, um, or yeah, uh, that's just how I see it. Like, whoever's your second choice ten, they're not going to get a lot of game time, but they're not going to because they're not going to play. Like, you need them. They're literally there in an emergency, so you don't want anything to happen to them. They're almost more in cotton wool than any other player in the in the squad, because you know, like that's what you got to do. So. It's very interesting. I thought Alton Yanchis would get one last look in. Um, however, his um, his season at Argen, like they didn't they didn't finish too well. It didn't look like he was getting a lot of game time. He got he got some time. Um, obviously, seeing on socials that he's staying fit and he is fit. He's not injured, so you know there is that. Uh, it's not the worst thing. Like calling him up, we 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 could do a lot worse put it to that way. Like it's no, no problem for me. I think the biggest thing with, with, um, Alton Yanchis is will he fit into the group setup? I, I don't think he'll have a problem with that. I think everything's fine, but will, is there trust and everything there? And, and that's going to come with a few hard conversations. I'm sure they've been had already. Um, or they've said straight up, listen, you're, you won't get selected. So that's that. But anyway, we'll wait and see. So we're in for a, an interesting, an interesting one. Our centers, Lucanya Am, Damien Delendi, Andre Estazen, and Jesse Creel, which is pretty much what we expected. I think Creel, as we know, will cover 14 and 13, and I don't have a problem with him playing 13. really doesn't phase me at all. The guy's our best. He's the best 13 we have outside of Lucanya Am, by far. And like people laugh at that, but he is literally the best 13 we have in the Springbok setup. Uh, that can play by, by far. You know, he understands the defensive setup. He understands everything. I wouldn't 
I would have him in the squad over many, many guys, especially the role that he plays. Do you have any things to say about the midfield? Yeah, I mean, like, Chesley Krill's always going to get haters and um, there's always going to be guys getting frustrated at him. But I, I agree with you. Um, uh, it's it's a no-brainer for me. If Murakanya um, is not playing, could have been TSC at 13. He's, he, like, even when he plays 14, he never lets, he never lets the box down. And, um, yeah, he's probably the best 13. He is the best 13 we have. That's come for Lukanya. I mean, he is... He was, it took a world-class, one of the best players in the world to sort of unseat Jesse Krill at 13. That's how good Jesse was. I mean, he's, he's played over 50 tests. I mean, he's a flipping stalwart for the Springboks. And, um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's always been my mix. And people just got to just gotta deal and sort of know that he's going to be in the mix. And, and he doesn't let the Springboks down. And... I, th- I do think Dan Duplessis wasn't too far away from getting a phone call. I think, uh, but um, yeah, it's just no surprises with his days in, um, <clears throat> sorry, his days in and, and, and Dukes there. But um, yeah, I think obviously the, the, the battle now, obviously the choice is, uh, is, do you, is, the, box, is the box taking, who, who will be missing out? Will they take an out now 12 in, in his days in, or will they sort of give themselves another, um, Put another winger because obviously with Damien Villains we can play twelve as well, but um, other than that, yeah, there's not much, not too many surprises there. And now to the outside backs, this literally reads like the who's who of I'll step you in a phone box: Kirtley Aronsa, Cheson Colby, Cannon Moody, Makazola Mapimpi, Vili Leroux. The combos, your back three combos out of those players alone are ridiculous, ridiculous. No, flip it. <laughs> like, we could sit in a situation where Curly Orange or like a Colby might not, might not play, but like, might not start. That's how good those options are. Um, flip, man, it's, it's we extremely blessed there. I think, and, and it's, it's for, as a fan, it's incredible. I mean, like, you look at Mapimpi, Moody, and oh, man, like, Mapimpi doesn't let the spring box down. I mean, he's still solid, he's still my. Number 11, Moody has, has been incredible whenever he's come on. Curly Aronso is, was, I, don't, I still don't know how he wasn't World Breakthrough Player of the Year last year. He was, no, he wasn't. And, um, Madness. And like, he was incredible. Like, wherever you put him, whatever game he was, I mean, the, the only mistake he probably made last year was that, that shot to Barrett in the air where we were suspended. And then we also was concussed at the same time. But, but I mean, like, he's such, he's so, Good. He is lightning. Marcus Smith probably says nightmares about about Curly Lawrence and trying to stop him one on one. And Colby comes back. Villeroux, I thought a new life was brought back in team last year. I loved loved having him off the bench. And yeah, so it just shows the options we have. I mean, um, yeah, um, I love that back three. I mean, good luck to Jogging for trying to pick who to start and the number of the options you have. I mean. Like Kenny Moody can even cover 13 if needs be. I mean, and even Kenny Moody can even play 15 if needs be. But there's so many options there. I, I, I love, I just love that out of all those options, there's only one guy there like who can't play multiple positions is my pimpy. He's like, I'm just 11. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't move me around and try me. Uh, coach, I'm playing 11. If I'm not playing 11, I'm sitting in the stands. There's no in between with me. There's no in between. And I do love some of And sometimes you do need players like that just to keep the structure. Like either the sock starts or he's wearing a suit. There's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I I agree. You know, 
you know me i'm i'm like i'm like the worst because i'm all about balance and everything and my pimpy starts at 11 for me all the time all the time like give me a reason why he mustn't play you know like you can't have a whole team of klas you can't have a whole team of of Ches and Colby's or Valilleries probably got more chance of having a team of Ches and Colby's than than KLA's. But yes, uh, we'll have to see. Interestingly enough, this 41-man squad is going to have to be whittled down to 33, which really sucks. But I mean, at least we know that the scrum offs will take up uh, take a, <laughs> a lot of heat of that. But yeah, that's that's the that's the squad. You know, um, just to fully run in with what's happening. So the um, rugby championship, we've got. Uh, we play Australia at Loftus on July the 8th starts. We then got New Zealand away in Auckland and then Argentina at Ellis Park on the 29th of July. So for the month of July, we've got a shortened rugby championship being a World Cup year. Then we've got three warm-up games. We've got Argentina in Argentina. We've got Wales in Cardiff and we've got New Zealand in London. That's our warm-up. And then straight into the World Cup, Scotland, Romania, Ireland, Tonga, and then we've got the quarterfinal, semifinal, final. That, that is that. And I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to chatting about how the squad takes shape, what happens, players coming in and out, how, how the tour goes. I, I distinctly remember 2019 when we sent away a big group of players um, to well, was Australia and New Zealand that weren't involved in the first match. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. We have a lot of water that will get to flow under the bridge before we even name the squad for the World Cup and before the World Cup gets underway. So there's no break for us here at the Rugby Bits and we're loving it. It's been so good. Cooks, my man, any parting words before we, uh, before we bail? Yeah, Flip, sure. I think you said it right. There's so much flipping rugby coming on. It's exciting. I think um, you look at, I thought we've had an incredible domestic season. And obviously with the Pro 14 wrapping up, Top 14 wrapping Pro 14. You see, I'm, 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 I'm stuck in the old ways. The Top 14 wrapping up um, now and then Super Rugby next weekend. It's just going to be flipping exciting. Because, you know, after as soon as Super Rugby ends next weekend, then the All Blacks name their squads, Wallabies name their squad. Then it's an exciting thing from, yeah, from... To, from like from July, it's full on international window until until the World Cup. I mean, it's we're gonna we're gonna have no club disturbances. Like the, that's gonna be the big focus. And I mean, like the potential to I mean, the box are playing six tests before the World Cup, which is which is flipping exciting. We've got six tests, and then we get in the World Cup. So I'm excited. I'm it's it's gonna be and like you said, it's, it's the most exciting World Cup we've had in a while. I mean, there's so much going on. Welsh players are. Dropping like flies. Um, what the hell is Eddie gonna do? Um, Borthwick is naming squads without Saracens players, and and like and, and a few guys being rested. Like, there's so much happening at the moment in rugby, and like it's it's gonna be. I mean, Sexton is he gonna get suspended? Like, it, like, and then like again, like we look at Fiji squad, they're looking good. I mean, fuck man, like it's it's gonna be such an exciting international. And if, if you look at for my excitement is. You look at the international periods you've had in the cycle. They've been incredible. I mean, you've had, I mean, there was the, uh, was it 2021 when we had the, 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 the autumn series where basically the, the Northern Hemisphere made a massive statement by 
winning most of the games and we like made the chirp like, yo, it's great winning in Europe. Come do it in, come to the Southern Hemisphere. And they left here with two flipping series wins. So it's like, like it's, it's been so flipping cool. And I just think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be just mainly exciting. And um, Conway to my side, got um, preparing from one of my favorite things coming up. Obviously the youth weeks coming up, Grand Como, Academy uh, and Craven week. So it's going to be, it's always a fun time of the year. So yeah, almost trying to get through the last, and also flip a knee deep in winter. But uh, yeah, but man, it's it's so, so exciting. Can't wait for some good rugby. Yeah, it's going to be epic. My little mention goes to Layla Colby, who's been setting social media alight, um, basically fighting the good fight and calling out everyone with their BS that they're uh, either putting in the, in the papers or online. Um, and also said that she's writing a book and where she will reveal everything that's happened. So I will not lie to you. I'm thoroughly looking forward to that. And uh, I think everyone in South Africa is all behind Ches and Colby and, and what has happened. Like he's left Toulon and by all intents and purposes, it looks like it absolutely wasn't his decision. So yeah, we'll be interested to see what happens. I hope that he's in a good space. Um, he's just signed for Kobe um, in uh, Japan. So I hope he's in, in a good space and everything gets settled now and he can focus on, on the Springboks, but obviously family is first and foremost. On that, um, Cooks, thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, just going through everything. I can't wait for more. And to all our listeners, we will be back every week. Um, sometimes we'll drop in a couple, a couple of pods in a week, but please go on, have a look for us um, on your preferred podcast channel. Follow us and uh and stay stay ahead of everything when when we deliver it so yeah uh, to everyone thank you very much we'll catch you next week cheers guys